it is Dan Doherty, who scored plenty of penalties in the past, but not as significant as this. that intro gets me every time I think with the, the noise of the fans and, and Ben Doherty and the commentary and hopefully we'll, we'll get around to having fans back very soon as we've touched on before. So hi everybody, welcome along to the, the, the fifth official Korean football, cl- football club podcast and a, a big happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody wherever you've been listening to. Uh, I know we have people from England getting in contact with the podcast and it's great to hear your messages of, uh, of support and, and how much you're enjoying it. So hopefully we can continue bringing some uh, colour of, of, of season like no other. So uh, I'm your host, Damien Mon, and today I'm joined by two of the, the brightest young journalistic talents in Korean. Uh, it's namely Stephen Crawford and Jonathan McNabb, and they are both members of uh, Korean Football Club's very impressive social media team and uh, Two guys who are well-placed to bring us insights and, and all the news from, from uh, the showgrounds in the Danske Bank Premiership. So um, later in the programme, we'll be joined by Korean chairman Colin McKendry, taking a, a time out of his very busy schedule to have a chat with us. Uh, and we'll be talking about all manner of things from the club's highly impressive recent form out on the pitch to, uh, I suppose, the club's ambitious plans to keep pace with the rivals off the field as well. So... Looking forward to speaking to Colin a little bit later in the programme. So, Stephen, you're back. You had a week off last week. We had Arne and Neil coming in for you in squad rotation at, at its very finest. So, been a good week. Uh, how are you getting on with your, your March of the Month campaign? Hi, dear Mildy. Uh, thanks very much for calling me young. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad they still fit in there. <laughs> bracket, maybe. Well, Just scraping, you're, you're, scraping in there. <laughs> you're younger than me, so there you go. <laughs> um, no, thanks for mentioning uh, uh, my step challenge. Um, Hit the two hundred thousand step barrier today, so, and I'm um, only fifty pound left to get to my target. So, and I'm still a couple of weeks to go. So, yeah, all going well. Go. I haven't got any blisters in the feet yet, so that's a that's a positive. Ah, you're not walking fast enough, um, so Johnny. <laughs> yeah, have you met Johnny McNabb? He's always out walking the streets. How are you, Johnny? Are you doing okay as well? Yeah, uh, it's hard to believe that we're recording another week's podcast. But uh, thanks, guys. Uh, Hopefully Arne's okay. I heard he was crying that he was dropped this week. Well, you know, I'm saying nothing. It was, it was not re- no reflection on his performance, but, you know, you can tell yeah, whatever you like. 100%. Squad rotation. Squad rotation is important. Yes, I think so. I think, it was ha- I think he was having too big a go at uh, Ben Doherty's footwear, so we'll, we'll, we'll pass on for that. So, um, guys, it's, you know, another week we had, funnily enough, we had another Tuesday night off again. Uh, Korean had no game in mid- midweek. Uh, we'll talk about that later on, I'm sure. So, I guess we could start by looking back at last Friday night's 2-0 win over Crusaders. Um, it seems a bit of a, a lifetime ago now, to be honest. But, Stephen, we'll start with you. Uh, what did you make of the game? Deserved win, do you think? I think it was a very deserved one. I think the, the only downside maybe was that we didn't win by more. Uh, it was a really surprising Crusaders performance. I know that they sort of maybe come into the game not looking to get beat. And I think that sort of dictated the play in the first half. They were being very hard to break down. But as soon as we get the first goal, I think their plan out the window. They didn't really know what to do. And if we'd have probably won three or four nil, it wouldn't have been a disservice to Korea. And I suppose strange, Stephen, you know, Crusaders' Korean games have always been tight affairs. And 
You know, they started with Jordan Owens, Paul Heatley, both on the bench. And uh, what do you think the thinking was behind that? Were they more worried about losing the game as opposed to trying to go out and win the game, Stephen? I think uh, talking to Stephen Baxter afterwards, he's, he wanted to give the guys that beat Carrick during the week an all run out. But I always think if you face a Crusaders team without the likes of Jordan Owens or Paul Heatley, it almost gives you a boost in the change room beforehand because those two have been stalwarts for that team and they're kind of a real, real threat. And I think they're a different side whenever those two players play. Um, I think we we'd sort of made note afterwards after the game that Crusaders didn't have one shot on target in the 90 minutes and just one shot off target. That was Jamie McGonagall's effort. Um, that's a bit worrying from a Crusaders point of view, Stephen. It was, and as I say, it was a very un-Crusaders-like performance because usually when you play them, it's, it's, they're down your throat. You know, they're putting balls in on top of you. They're, they're making the defence and the goalkeeper work. But I thought our defence was, you know, it's not that they didn't have anything to do. They did their jobs really well, but they didn't, weren't under a sustained amount of pressure. Even in the last 10 minutes, you'd expect a really gung-ho when they threw on Heatley and Owens, and they didn't have a big lot to do. And I was really surprised at the end of the night, Garth Dean, had nothing to do all night, like no bar the coming for crosses and doing the routine job. And Coreen must have been good. <laughs> we had Stephen Baxter actually admitting afterwards that Coreen were the better side, and that doesn't happen very often, does it, Stephen? No, uh, the big man uh, always likes to look at other ways. Of <laughs> well, after a defeat, like he never really comes out and says too much about the visiting team, but I think he couldn't really say much of Friday night. He had, no. he knew Coreen were the better side, and that was a, the best thing for him to do to admit that, like you know. Oranges as oranges, Stephen, as, oh, as we, as we all so. know. <laughs> Johnny, is that, would you agree with, with that analysis that uh, maybe reflects a shift in power between the two teams? 100%. Um, I was actually chatting about this after the match. I think that was probably our best performance of the season. Probably our most complete performance since Maribor. Um, as we mentioned, you know, Crusaders didn't have a shot on target. Jamie McConaughey, Larry Lakey. Owens, Heatley, Ross Clark, you know, their attacking players that players have is phenomenal. So they limit them, they let those chances. You know, if we'd around out three or four no winners, nobody would have complained. But we don't want to talk too much about Stephen Baxter's side. We're, we're here mainly mainly to talk about the bandsiders. And what did what did you make, Johnny? Uh could have been more as you said, but for Johnny Tuffy had a couple of great saves and First goal for Matthew Shevlin. I mean, how impressed have you been with him since uh, arriving in January? Well, me and Aaron spoke to him after the game, and he was pretty honest. You know, he came on his debut against Buchanan, probably could have had a hat trick, and then had ankle ligament damage. So he's been struggling for in and out of the team the last couple of months. But the ball in by Stevie Lowry, I don't know if Stephen Lowry or Stephen Beckham on the right hand side <laughs> there, but it was just a perfect, perfect fall in for, for Matthew. And he actually takes a hit really well because he puts it down low. A lot of pace on the ball, and Tuffy was never getting down to save it. But yeah, Tuffy always seems to have a fantastic game against us, even when he was at Glenavon. And the save from Stephen Lowry in the second half is good to see us. You mentioned Stephen Lowry a couple of times there, and he's like a fine wine, isn't he? I mean, he, he is just getting better, like like a fine wine getting better with age. And I guess it's crucial having guys that got in your, in your team, in your squad, because he knows what it takes to win a league. He's obviously done it at Linfield. And his performances are good, but equally importantly, Aaron Jarvis is learning a lot from him as well, Johnny, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. As you said, Stephen Lurie's uh, won it all at Lampfield, won the league and won the Irish Cup, and he won the Shield as well, and won the League Cup with Korean. So he wants to add his medal tally before he hangs the bits up. Um, one thing about having no fans on the ground, you can hear all the players, and 
we all know Stephen Lowry off the pitch, and he's quiet fella. We'll say who there goes. But uh, when you hear him in the pitch, it's, it's pretty surreal. I think he had a few pops at a few guys on Friday night. But listen, he's got a winning mentality there, and at the minute, he's arguably the best midfielder in the league. He is, and uh, you know, he's one of the, the mainstays of the team. I think he probably, I have a need to check, but he probably plays every game. And uh, Stephen, I suppose when you look at it, he's one of the few players that plays every game. This past couple of months, it's been a bit of a masterclass by Warren, hasn't it? And how he has utilised his squad. And I mean, it's not uncommon that we've seen four or five changes from one game to another. And, you know, it's a pretty impressive way he's doing things, isn't it, Stephen? Yeah, it's always very difficult for a manager when he knows there's a tough run of games come up, but he has to rotate his squad because he always thinks there's going to be some sort of drop off, you know, in performance because, you know, you are shuffling things up. But the club's really went on its best run during that period, which is testament to the players and to the manager because he's getting the best out of them and they're performing at a high level. And, like, and ever since, you know, since the nil-nil draw at Linfield, five ones in the bounce. It's, it's a fantastic record, and it, that's where the, the, I think the secret has come with, with us falling and the teams above us. Oren has been able to rotate the squad and still get the results and the performances in the back of it. The tinker man, that's what we'll call him, I think. So, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's probably the biggest squad. I think Oren himself has, has admitted it's probably the largest squad that he's had at his time at Corian. And I suppose for that reason, I suppose he's happy to have a, as an understanding a chairman that's called McKendry. Uh, isn't that right, Colin? We'll, we'll bring you in here. And I heard you love splashing the cash of new players. Is that, is that right? Yeah, Timmy, and it's, uh, you have to uh, support your manager. Uh, I think that's, uh, we've always done that through my time at the club. And uh, I think we have, the, we have a very good manager. We need to support, as simple as that. But certainly, he's running with the big squad this year, but everything's relevant to COVID the number of games and so forth. So it's it's all worked in well for them. I suppose it's imperative, Colin, if you, if you want to compete, you have to do that as well. But on general terms, how difficult is it for a club like Korean? You mentioned that the big teams there, the Linfields, the Grantorns, the Larns. I mean, how difficult is it to compete against them in terms of recruiting players, for example? Well, we've got to look at, uh, as we've done historically over the years, is try and... Um, if you want to, for want of a better word, bring your own players, bring them through and uh, do the best that we can because geographically we're up against it because of the travel. Like, I mean, I could go, I could name numbers of players that we tried to get, but we couldn't get them because of the geographical uh, distance that they have to travel. Now, locally, we have uh, recruited the best young players and some older from the local area and the northwest, and we've got to continue to do that. And uh, we're in a good place, Damien, because there's some great pros who have been around uh, a bit, but also have gone to other clubs and have come back to our club. And it's good for the Matthews, you, ma- you mentioned Matthew, it's great for Matthew to learn from the likes of Skinner, to learn from the likes of Curtis, and young Stuart Nixon, people like that. So, it's great, and, they, and they, they, the mix is brilliant at the moment in time. It is a great mix, Colin, and, and it's something that you has, have developed along with Owen over your time as chairman. And just for those maybe that aren't familiar with yourself, Colin, I mean, how long have you been chairman, and, and, and how did you get involved with the club here? <laughs> um, 
I'm not quite sure. I hope Joanne's not listening to my wife. Um, but uh, I've been involved quite a while, Jimmy, and it's like probably I was involved before I was actually involved in the football club because I was doing some sponsorship. Um, mainly with Paul Stewart, and then I, I, when Trevor and that got involved, I, I was uh, came into Korean, uh, probably in the region of about 15 years, maybe slightly longer. But um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a journey, is what I would say. Uh, it's been a good journey, to be honest with you. Very, very little about it. I would change because mm-hmm. it's been a, an awful learning process here. It's been a bit of a roller coaster at times, Colin. But um, you know, I think you're seeing the, the fruits of all your labour in the early days. We, we all know. I mean, there were difficult times at the start. Uh, Oren and yourselves, you know, suppose got some criticism when things weren't going right. But you, you suppose stuck at it to your credit, and I suppose the the fruits of that labour are paying off now. Yeah, listen, it's easy. When, when things aren't going well for any, and this is any walk of life, it's very easy to uh, doubt someone when things aren't going well. But a lot of people, and I've said this many, many times previously with, at the outset, there was a lot of things happening in the background that nobody saw uh, that I personally was aware of simply because of my own son being involved in the academy and so forth. I could see what was happening, what was coming through. But they were about a year to two years too too young to throw in at the into the league. And Oren persevered and he, he he probably threw Lyndon come in and Jamie McGonigal come in probably and I don't think he had a lot of choice at that stage, but you can see what has happened both the lads since and probably but every every successful manager's a lucky manager to a degree as well, and we've got a those are the things that go for you. You have to you have to make your luck as well. And I suppose, yeah. uh, Johnny, I mean, you were talking earlier. I think about you know the club, but the full time part time. I mean, is that something you want to ask Colin about? Yeah, Colin. Um, I know you've seen Lumfield's plan this week. Is that something that Korean can maybe strive for in the future, or is that simply or lady finances and everything else? It's certainly something we would like to see further down the line. At this moment in time, uh, we're not we're, we're we're a million miles away from it. We've got to be honest. Uh, the structures aren't in place. Uh, we're currently in the process of uh, putting together a strategy for the club, a five-year plan, something very similar to what Limpfield are doing, which incorporates an awful lot of um, involvement in the community, involvement in scholarship schemes and wider, uh, a lot wider areas. But to do it at this moment in time, say within the next two years, would be impossible for a club of Korean size. We just don't have the structure in place at this moment in time. Uh, Limpfield are slightly different because, you know, they're, they're, they're recruiting players that are full-time professionals from other clubs the likes of young uh, Palmer and so forth that they're they're hopefully going to bring along with them uh, and look we're not at that stage financially we couldn't do it and I, I think they try and bridge that gap in the short term is the 4G pitch something in the pipeline is that something you can tell us exclusively or what's the latest in that can we give you an exclusive here Johnny <laughs> we've just appointed a contractor today to uh, install our synthetic surface during the close season so 
yes, that is all part of the bigger plan. There's quite a lot of plans going through at this moment in time, and with a lot of stuff happening around the showgrounds, or hopefully going to happen around the showgrounds. Um, so yes, we are, and this would be part of making it a community hub as much as anything. Um, my final question, obviously talking about the community, is, is the fans. And I know we've mentioned it plenty of times, we all miss them. Uh, are you hopeful of maybe seeing a few in the showgrounds before the end of the season? That'll all depend on government. Uh, certainly, I do know that um, Nipple and the Nipple board are certainly making representation to the government um, to see where that all sits. Obviously, the Irish Cup now being played and so forth. Things starting to ease up a little. Very, very much I would love to see fans back in the ground again because not only from the financial um, side of things, but also for the atmosphere, getting people about the ground again, soulless to a degree. And you mentioned you hear players on the pitch and so forth. Don't usually hear a lot of that there, but um, I would like to think that we can, but it'll all depend on government. It'll not, it'll not come down to the Nuffalo or the Ampe. And you know, the financial support aspect, I suppose, is huge, Colin. And, and with that comes the European money. It's vital, isn't it, for clubs in the Irish League now is, is to make Europe and the financial gains that, that, that comes with that are the difference for clubs, really, aren't they? Certainly, the, listen, the European rewards for clubs, provincial clubs like ourselves, um, to all clubs, um, a lot of clubs, when we, we talk about what happened in Maribor. Now, I know because I was there with the directors of Maribor, they budget every year to get into the playoff stages. Now, us as a football club, we don't budget at this stage because, listen, we've got to be realistic of where we were at that stage. And European football now, we, as a, as a board, sit down at the start of every year. We look at the budget. We look at where we're at. We look at financially what the possibility of the European campaign can bring to a club like Korean. And uh, it's nice to have, but to budget it into our, at the outset, I believe is wrong. Now, that, some may say you're lacking ambition, but I'm long enough at this game now to understand what happened a few years back when we had European qualification the next year. We didn't have it. Now, if we had budgeted for it that year, we were in trouble. So mm -hmm. the board were very, very responsible in everything they're doing. So... Um, but the financial rewards of European football now far outweighs what you can win or get domestically. It's for everyone. And Stephen, we're talking about Stephen Baxter earlier, and he had a, a novel suggestion about the Irish Cup, didn't he? Yeah, I think uh, he was raising concerns about the, the possibility of, of finishing a 38-game season. And, and he said if he were going to play 38 league games, he felt that the Irish Cup should be, be postponed to maybe a starter tournament in August and Colm, what sort of your, I know you're, you've got a couple of hats on because you're involved with a lot of committees, but uh, what's your sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, I sit in the Challenge Cup committee, so I have to be careful here. But, uh, <laughs> what's what you say? <laughs> no, listen, I'm all for playing the Irish Cup. The Irish Cup is a fantastic tournament. We've had probably 
one of the best days of my life was winning it uh, recently. Uh, albeit now we don't have the fans in at this moment in time. It is a very congested season. Um, uh, it carries a European slot. That's the big thing. And we have to try to work with the Irish Football Association uh, to ensure that we get the dates that suit the finishing of the league at the same time. It's going to be very difficult because if you're in a playoff spot and you win the Irish Cup uh, or whatever it is, I think, I think you can play 12 games in the month of May or something like that. Now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult. And I understand where Stephen's coming from and I've spoken to others within the game, other managers, and it's very difficult. Players want to play, but the body will only allow you to do so much, and that's the big problem. You will get footballers and football teams that will have no choice but to put out their first 11 who have probably played a lot of games, and it it won't be necessarily the best team that will win that competition for the European slot. It could be the freshest team with the biggest squad. So... It is what it is, but I have to say I would. I'm. I'm all. I'm for trying to get the Irish Cup played. Mm. And the league you mentioned, the 33, 38 games. We still don't know, but you know, there's going to be a, a heck of a lot of games coming up. And for Coreham starting again back in, in Saturday, um, Carrick Rangers are the visitors to Coreham. Uh, now Curry's team guys have they've endured a bit of a, a torrid week. They've shipped seven goals against Linfield and they lost to Larn in, in the midweek. And they're going to arrive at Korean low in confidence. And Stephen, bearing that in mind, is this a good time to play them or, or possibly not? It's, it's a difficult one. They they called the um, I was just looking there, their last four games, if they can see the 18 goals, and uh, Mark Surgener hasn't played none of them. And, He's a very big player for them, an experienced head in there, keep everything right, and he helps them play that three at the back. And if he's not available for Saturday, it's going to be very tough for them. But you can never write off any team in this in this league, and I think that's one thing Arn will be imposing. It doesn't matter what's happened last week or the week before. You have to go out and win your, your three points. But what I would say is they're probably a team low in confidence. And if Corey and make a bright start and, and get an early goal, then it gives them a platform to go on and build on and hopefully get the three points. Yeah, and Warren will be keen to remind the guys and, and warn them of uh, a possible backlash, you know, because a team like that that's down there and, and fighting for their lives. I, fighting spirit, they, they did show a bit of that. They changed them by all accounts, more so than they did in the pitch at Linfield. But um, they're always a dangerous, dangerous opponent. Anybody that's shipped a lot of goals and lost games, you always fear they're going to turn, turn things around in one game, Stephen, don't you? Well, that's it. Like you know, and I think they've they've shown in the two games that we have played them previously this season that they they have got ability and that you know they have got spirit about them. Like you know, they're just going through a very difficult patch, and but they've got players at like Cahar Freed and Lloyd Anderson, boys that can cause you a lot of problems. So you can't afford to take them lightly. But it's another game that Korean have to go and chalk off. Like they've, they've been doing that consistently over the last few weeks, and I can't see any reason why they can't do that again Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, we just we played them up there, up at their place a couple of weeks ago and, and, and won 2 0. I think uh, Curtis scored two goals that day or that evening. Um, but it won't be easy because it was a tight game for a while up there. Um, and games like this have, have proved a bit of a banana skin for Korean in the past, but the record against lower ranked teams has definitely improved in the past, in the recent past. Is that a change in mindset among the players and, and the world, do you think? I, I agree with what Stevie said there. There is no easy games in the league. Like, uh, Carrick beat um, 
Crusaders recently. They they drew with Glenavon and they drew with Linfield. So you know, there's and the fact there's no relegation either means you know teams can go and have a go. And I think we you know recently we've won five in a row. Hora down, Warren Point, Carrick. I think have been in that run, and we didn't blow away any of those three teams in that game. So I don't expect us to do the same. I actually watched the Carrick highlights against Larn um, from Tuesday night and. It was a 3-1 defeat, but Carrick had a really, really good goal and took the last one to go for Carrick to see the senior victory. So maybe now Carrick's got his, um, got his ship in order there and, you know, maybe it'd be fancy in a, we're just in a short result at the showground. But, uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Colin, Colin, Chairman, are these the kind of games that scare you the most, you know, because it's easy, one thing getting up for the big games like Linfield and the Balaminas of this world, but... Not so much for Carrick at home with no fans. So, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're expected to win and, and that brings its own problems, I guess. Absolutely. Jimmy, uh, you look at last week, Dungannon, Coleraine. Um, for long periods of the game, it was difficult. It was a tough game. And I've no doubt in that, as I think uh, Stephen had said there, with no relegation this year, you can play with, with the freedom that you can have a goal. And who knows, like, it only takes a wrong decision or a bad bounce of the ball or whatever. Go on the up, we've got confidence, somebody makes another mistake, goes, you know. So these things are all part of it. Yes, you have to, I think, I think from Korea's point of view, the player confidence, both individually and collectively, as a group, is very, very good. And a very, very tight bunch. And I believe that they go in to every game, and I watch them in training, and they're a very committed bunch of uh, in, um, players, and I believe they, they believe that they can win every game they play in, regardless who the starting 11 is, because you look at the squad now, and it is a squad game, and you go, yeah, we can change it, or there's a number of areas that he can change to mix it up go freshen it up, go with pace, whatever he needs to do. And as we have seen in the past quite recently, he can manage the game, his game management, and the player's game management is very good. So, yes, every game is difficult. You have to respect your opponent. Um, but Korean, you have to go out believing you can win. Mm, and I think they do They do have that winning mentality, perhaps. It was maybe lacking years gone by, but they definitely have that at the moment. And, but before then, on Friday night, uh, Crusaders host Linfield at Seaview. And I was looking at it there earlier. And if the Blues win, they could be 11 points ahead of Korean by the time the Bandsiders kick off on Saturday. And um, I've got to ask you, Colin, I mean, do you think it's fair that Linfield have, will play three times or will have played three times since Korean last kicked the ball? Or is it just the way that this particular season has worked out? It's very difficult, uh, Jimmy, because... With the COVID, with the uh, weather uh, fixtures being uh, put off, um, Niffle had to slot in games as and when they could. And in fact, we were one of the games that was going to carry back to back. And it is a little disjointed like that at this moment in time. So it's, it's unfortunate because points on the board, which Limpy now have from the other night, who knows what we'll get on Friday night? Um, is better than having games in hand. So it's it's unfortunate, but it's something we just have to deal with and tick off the games that's coming up against us. But in Nettles' defence, I think 
it, it's unfortunate, obviously, with BBC taking the game uh, with the streaming uh, side of things as well. We have to give them preference, and that just. But you look at it another way, Damien. There's also that's a Tuesday, Friday uh, fixture list. So you have to say that that, that could be another way. Like you've got to say last week. I I have to say about Crusaders. I looked at it because they had the Tuesday, Friday. I thought they looked tired in the second half, and, and it has to take its toll. So who knows? It could work in our favour. Well, well, that's it. Yeah, Stephen Corian will have three games in hand, and it's obviously better to have the points on the board, especially in a tight title race. But I suppose the flip side of that coin is that, say, if Linfield happened to lose to Crusaders on Friday night, then it'll be a bit of a, a boost for the bandsiders going into their game on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's all dependent on, on the result. They obviously, now they're three points clear. We have a we have a couple of games in hand on them as it going into Friday's and Saturday's games, but you know. You just have to wait and see how they pan out. It's going to be a very, very hectic schedule. I was reading today, I think, if Corian play 38-game season and get the final Irish Cup, they'll play something like 20 games in 10 weeks, which is, is mind-boggling. I think the last 10 weeks we've played oh. 13 games, you know, so it's going to be a big a big ask on all the teams and all the players. But listen... And us. <laughs> but if you're if you're winning games and you've got the mood right in the camp, I think it becomes a lot easier. Like if you're losing games, every game becomes a slog. You know what I mean? So knowing Orin as we all do, he'll have the boys keyed up for it. Yeah. And I don't think it would be paying too much attention to the table at the minute, as he always says. It's what matters comes the end of the season, how the table pans out then. And like as we all know, Orin is meticulous in the extreme and he'll have everything plan down to the last detail and um Johnny what do you think Crusaders need a result if they I think they're down in fifth at the moment pressure on Stevie Baxter how do you see it panning out on Friday night? I actually what's the last time Lumfield played Crusaders at Stevie and Lumfield won the last one Jimmy Callagher scores a header in remember yeah. so, um that's all the games between them two always seem to be tight and uh, I expect nothing different. Um, as Colin said, um, Liverpool are now playing Tuesday, Friday, which Crusaders had to do last week. So that might tell, that might tell a tale. Liverpool are flying. I think it's sixteen goals in the last four games at home. Um, well, and non conceded apparently. Um, non conceded. So doesn't uh, a, a draw would be lovely, uh, or even a Crusaders win? But uh, that's not a good to watch. And here's hoping the results can go in our favour. And then. Plenty of games, plenty of games on Saturday, and I suppose Colin, the standout fixture that I can see on Saturday, Larn at home to Cliftonville. Um, I mean, both both teams won their last game after a bit of an indifferent spell, I suppose. Larn beaten Carrick in midweek, and Cliftonville beaten Glenavon. So both will obviously want to keep winning to try and chase down the European place. Colin, I mean, how do you see that one going at, at Inver Park? Two very evenly matched teams, Damien. Lyon play a wonderful brand of football. Uh, enjoy watching them. Um, I, I, I just refer back to our game up there, the tactical genius that, that we had. You've talked about the norm that night, but their football, some of their football that night was fantastic. And like, I mean, it's uh, they're, they're a joy to watch. Uh, Cuttenville, very good. They've signed a lot of good players, like the young boy O'Neill. They're pacing all over the pitch. Um, both go to this European spot uh, like ourselves. They're in the mix and no team will want to lose that. It's going to be a tough game, uh, 
Damien, because they're two very evenly matched teams. Um, don't know what way it'll go, and that's just to be honest with you. Sitting on the fence there, Colin. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, are you going to give me a winner from Lauren Cliffordville? Um, well, <laughs> it's a double goal, <laughs> as, as the boys have that's always a, said. That's a no, isn't it? Uh, it's, they're both two teams that sort of maybe struggled in the last few weeks to get a bit of form, but I think home advantage might tell for uh, for Lauren. I think they might come out narrow winners in the end up. And Johnny, come to you. Uh, I'll go for a lovely game that'll be good to watch in the eye, but I'll go for a one all draw. Very good. Probably not far off. And then, look, and there's another big game, Glentorn at home to Glenavon. And it's a repeat, would you believe, of Tuesday night's game, uh, which Glenavon won 2 1. They had gone behind the Glen, the Glens, the Glentorn, that is, looked set for another win, but Glenavon haven't done of it. Matthew Fitzpatrick, once of this parish, I think he scored in that win. So, um, Lost the last two of the last three games and they're seven points behind Korean. Glentorn, uh, Johnny, can you pick a winner first from Glentorn Glenavon, do you think? Uh, similarly to the, the Lauren Carr game on Tuesday, I just watched the headaches there of them two. Uh, do, you do, do you do any work now? <laughs> uh, they all they, 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 Um I watched it at BC uh, Robbie Gard's goal for Glenavon. That's an absolute cracker in the top corner. Um, I think it's not very often Glentoran lose back to back games now under Mick and uh, they'll be under pressure they win. So I'll go for uh three 0 Glentoran. Very good. Uh, Stephen, what are you uh, thinking there? It's uh, a tight uh, one, isn't it? I'd tight expect a, a bit of a, a backlash from the from the Glens like after the, I think they were disappointed the night, you know, because I think uh, when they beat the Blues back to back there, they probably thought that they were they were going to be title favourites, <laughs> but the, how how quickly things change in the Irish League. Uh, you know, they've slipped up there in the last couple of weeks, but I think it may end up a draw on this one because I think Gary Hamilton has he'll fancy going back to the Oval and, and putting that spanner in the works again. I would say he would certainly like that. And mm-hmm. Colin, uh, Glen Torn, seven, point, seven points behind Korean with the same number of games played. We mentioned the chase for the European place. You wouldn't be too disappointed if Glen Torn didn't pick up three points, I presume. Yeah, but look, I think a long way to go, a lot of points to be played for, Damien. Um, but uh, I could, I can see Glen Torren winning that game, to be honest with you. Um, Gary, I'll, uh, no doubt, will have the boys up for it after the win there on Tuesday night. But uh, Mick will probably rotate the squad. I didn't see that. Uh, I saw the goal, but I didn't see the teams that they had out. And obviously, the quality of players and the, the panel that them uh, Torren have he can afford to freshen it up there so I would see and Guy I'm not hope he's not listening to this Guy I'm not like me saying I, I can only see mixed mixed team winning this one. Oh I don't know. Glenavon or Glenavon or aside you just never know what you're going to get. I always feel like you know you they could go out and they could lose heavily or vice versa conversely they could go and, and get a great win and as Johnny said Glentorn don't you tend to lose two games back to back but I'll go for a Glenavon win just for a crack, just to set the cat among the pigeons. But and then from Gannon Swift against Portadown, that's one that could go either way, Colin, isn't it? I mean, it's it's yeah. a tale of the two managers. Matthew Tipton, he he saw red against Balamina last week. He'll probably miss out uh, in the dugout. And then of course Dean Shields, who you know very well, I'm sure, settling in at Stangmore Park. And and I mean that could be that could be a decent enough game, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it will be, and uh, I believe the game at Linfield the other night was a very good game of football. Some lovely football was played. Um, 
Again, they'll obviously want to play that brand of football like his father, Kenny, who played in that passing game and at high press at times. So I'm typically I know very well. And the one thing that stands out to me for both teams, and I have to commend the both managers and both clubs on is the number of young lads that they're bringing through into it. Like, I mean, I would love to see the stats on both teams, but no, I was speaking to uh, Dixie down at Dungannon and the young lads that played against us. They were like, like they were very, very young lads and also supported right. down guys. It's fantastic to see. To be honest with you, I would like to see Dean winning it and I, I hope he goes on and gets his first victory. Uh, and, and Stephen, you've probably had dealings with Dean uh, in his role as a Northern Ireland woman as well. Mm-hmm. And you think he'll uh, you think he'll do well at Dungannon as a manager? I have, have high hopes for him. Like obviously, he's, he's come from great stock and and Kenny and they. He's a great bowler and all there to draw on to is you know so he's got plenty of plenty of years to doesn't he I think he's big pals with David Healy there so it'd not be short of a of somebody to go to for advice like but you no know, I think he will try to play the game the right way um you know uh, he can't do anything else up there Dungannon I think that's the way that they are they're installed up there they like to get the ball down and play and as Colin says very very young team along with Porter Down and. I think with no relegation hanging over these teams, this this game could be a real cracker on, on Saturday because just go out and express themselves and uh, and play and and uh, hopefully Tuppy's t- calm down because I think uh, on Saturday I think Big D they had he had he calming down so that, that says a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> that is saying something. David Jeffries calming you down, then you know you're in trouble. So, Steve or Johnny, uh, Stevie mentioned about Dean having Kenny and having Owen. I mean, but at some point, and how difficult is it going to be for him to just be his own man? You know, it's okay turning to people for advice and stuff, but at some point, he's going to have to try and manage the way he wants to manage. And that's, that could be difficult, I guess. Of course. Uh, I, I don't know about the rest of these, but any time I've listened to Dean Shield speaking, I just picture Kenny, and that's what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says to him. He says to him the other day, I think it was after the, the defeat against Martin, he said he doesn't want football played around the neck. So obviously he wants it on the, on the ground, you know, but it's just the way he said it. Oh, listen, Dangerous had a fantastic playing career. You don't play over the water. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. You start off at Arsenal, you're not a good footballer. So he's his own man. He's, he's got his own. He's learned his badges through the, through the women's team. You're going rightly as well. So yes, of course, I'm sure he'll, he'll need a bit of advice now the game, but you know, he can draw on his own, his own career. Sure. Yeah, I'm su- surprised Johnny didn't put Rangers in there, but anyway, it's a surprise oh, of that. Oh, that, that. Uh, you did, did you? I didn't hear that. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, and then the last selective one. Here. Uh, not selective here, as my wife would say. So, um, Warren Point Town against Palomina. That's the last game. And could be a decent game, I suppose, between two teams. Really nothing to play for. Um, sorry, if there's any Palomina fans, I'm only joking there. So, um, how do we see that? We mentioned David Jeffrey, and he's a proud manager. and He'll, he'll want to get his team up there and, and, you know, they've got realistic claims of getting in that top six and challenging for Europe too, uh, Johnny, haven't they? Yeah, the likes of Palomino uh, and Glenavon will definitely have the race set in the top six. Cliffinball uh, have played a lot of games, I think. They've maybe played two or three games before Palomino. So, uh, Palomino drew really all right. And it must be weird playing the exact same opposition again, uh, especially the warm point, the, the bin's closer. So, um, <laughs> they get, they get oh, set off now. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they might just make kick off if they leave in the next five minutes. But no, listen, 
Last game was a draw. I could probably see some somewhere as well. I was actually really impressed with Horn Point the last time we played them at Children's. Um, we beat them 2 1 twice this year, and both times we have had to be an A uh, to beat them. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, go for, uh, I'll go for a 2 all. And Stephen, Warren Point Town, Barry Gray's there now, and we have dealings with all the managers post games always. And, and Barry's one of those guys, he's, he's a very honest manager, isn't he? But he's, he's doing a great job on return to Milltown. I, Barry's not one of these boys that tries to they bluff you after a game like certain managers like he'll, he'll come out and uh, a spades a spade with him like you know what I mean and I think he's been very honest like uh, last time when we beat them 2-1 there he came out and said we gifted Corey in the two goals and you know we, I'm not trying to dress it up anyway and, but he always seems to get a player for one point like you know what I mean he's, he's loads of contacts and I think their, their situation right on the border there the, it helps him attract a lot of League Ireland players and he's built up a really good squad there and I think bar a couple of you know disappointing results this season, like maybe the Lumfield one there recently, they could have been pushing for you know that seven, six and seven space place, like you know, and fair play to them because it had a bit of a rough ride at Cliftonville. I think a lot of people on his back early doors, and it wasn't really fair on him. Like you know, he's a good manager, as so he is. Mm-hmm. He's shown that as well. And and Colin, you like you, you as Korean chairman, I guess you always like to see Balamina doing well. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's always good to see uh, Balabina doing well. It's not too, not too well. <laughs> but um, no, uh, the one point. Uh, Listen to Connor the other day on a podcast. Connor McGreevy, their chairman, and uh, uh, Connor spoke very well about uh, Barry's return and his first spell at the club and his second spell at the club. And Barry was everything the first time he was at the club. He's now looking after just manager, whereas before he was just whatever needed to be done. He's now got a coaching team around him, a good coaching team he's got there, so he can concentrate on what he's doing. And as Stephen says, where they're located, uh, they've picked up an awful lot of good players who probably maybe just dropped off the radar in the, the, the League of Ireland and are wanting to prove they're worth young lads to get back into full-time football again. And he's got some good players. And I, I'll be honest with you, uh, I, I think they were very unfortunate the other night. Now, Big Davey might tell me something different, but uh, I think they were unfortunate. And I, and I can see them beating Ballymena on Saturday. Mm, interesting. Uh, just also interesting, Colin, you mentioned about Barry Gray and about his position at the club and how he was doing everything and his previous spell there and how he's now focusing on the managing aspect of things. And I suppose those allocation of jobs, if you like, are important at a football club. And and this week, I noticed that, Corian, you had an appointment as well. Uh, Gary Tasker uh, taking on a role at the showgrounds. Maybe could you explain a little bit about what Gary's role is and, and what it's what it entails, please? Gary's been uh, employed by the club as a development director. And what we're doing with Gary is to oversee the redevelopment of a number of roles. The footballing aspect of it, this is everything to do with other than the footballing aspect of it. But this is to look at community involvement. Um, We're a massive community club, yet we don't really get out and involve ourselves and engage with the community as best we possibly can. Simply because we don't have the resources or didn't have the resources, we're now in a position where we can employ Guy. Guy comes with a a heck of a history and a pedigree and what he has done previously in Bradford. 
And we're very fortunate to have them because it, there's a number of areas, Damien, to do with community involvement is the main one. There is a scholarship program similar to what Lauren have done. We're investigating all of that there. We're looking at online ticketing systems. We're looking at online shops. This is all stuff with Stevie. And it, it complements what Stevie does because it allows Stevie to concentrate on more administration uh, and football related uh, subjects, which means that nothing's missed. You know, you look at it and you can say, well, it's, you know, it's another overhead. But I think to be, to get the professional side of our football club right and uh, engage with people, we've got to go down this route. We don't have a choice um, because we have a massive club. We just need to get all, join up all the dots because we're getting close to an awful lot of things and there are an awful lot of things happening off the pitch. We all see what's happening on the pitch. Um, well, if- you know. I think I, I think it's important, as you say, all those things, because it comes in the same week. Glentorn announced big plans. Linfield have announced big plans. Lauren, and while you're keeping up with these teams on the pitch, you also want to keep up with them off the field as well. And that's important going forward if we want to stay as a, uh, as a big club going forward. Well, Damien, we have some very exciting plans for the showgrounds. Um in its totality, uh, I mean, everything inside the, the four walls of the perimeter, there's uh, fantastic uh, designs being put together at this moment in time. We have engaged with the planning consultant who is currently pulling together our planning application for outline and full planning for developing the training pitch area and also the main pitch and opening the Ballycastle Road up to the uh with consultation with the uh, people in, in the surrounding area and it's really big plans and i see the glen torn one i've seen the crusaders one and i i've watched with envy and hopefully we all are able to avail of the funds that will be able to deliver these projects i think Coleraine's plans whenever we are and we're not far off delivering these and we, we are we have a strategy in place now where inside the next probably two to three weeks we will be probably going to press through the media team yourselves to ensure that we get the best publicity we can but it's not only publicity Jimmy. this is we are doing this you know we we want to do this and we're, we've shown that we want to do it we have now as i said just appointed the pitch installation team contractor and we're now looking at other areas of the ground to upgrade as best we can with the financial situation that we have and also we have a football club to run at the same time so we've got to be careful of it but i have to say korean football club have some very exciting plans in the process at this moment in time that's brilliant colin sounds like an exciting exciting future ahead both uh, both on the pitch and off the pitch, guys. So um, that's probably about as good a place as we could leave it. Um, just finally, guys, what are we all looking forward to most this weekend? Stephen, anything in particular you're looking forward to most? The North Three Points Saturday, do you? That would be starting the weekend off in good style. That sounds good. Johnny, what about you? I would have imagined uh, something similar. 
Aye, uh, three points for Corey on Saturday and what Celtic give uh, the champions a guard of honour for I was just thinking, after I asked that, I just thought, I've walked into one here, didn't I? And I just realised halfway through it. Anyway, we've passed on from that. Colin, you looking forward to anything in particular this weekend? Or... Johnny Storm at Thunder there. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, just, just, just before, I would say, absolutely a three points, but... Uh, Stephen had said he was fifty quid short or whatever it was of the is it is it for your your uh, charity is it yeah, for your his, his walk your walk uh, whatever so I I'll I'll touch base with you that's done you've now reached you've now reached your target I'll I'll, I'll oh, thank you very much Colin oh, very appreciate it very thank good you. well done Sherman thank you. see that uh, three points Saturday, but I would go. I don't know who Manchester United play at this moment in time. So, I mean, what I would say, I'll be looking for nine points on Saturday. <laughs> not, not being greedy, yeah. or anything, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so, I'm away. I hopefully I'm away to pick the winner of the Cold Cup in Cheltenham and Friday. So, there must be something there with a Korean connection somewhere along the way. So, uh, in the meantime, guys, thanks to my regular guest Stephen and to Johnny. And of course, uh, many thanks to Korean chairman Colin McKendry. Uh, that was a, a great insight, Colin, just into some of the workings of the club behind the scenes uh, and the work that's going on. So thanks very much for your time, Colin. I know you're a busy man and best of luck at the weekend. Uh, and thanks also to Corey McShane for all the work in the production. And of course, to you guys out there for listening. Uh, until next week, look after yourselves as ever and come on the bandsiders. <laughs>